On today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling, we've got more releases from WWE this week. Uh, I'm a little less sad this time than I have been in the past, but I'm still sad. I'm and sad. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Should probably also mention uh, Joe is on vacation. Lucky him. Uh, he's really he's just at a wedding this weekend, so uh, could not attend. So it's just me and Chad this week. And we're going to be talking about the beer ratings from full gear. Did we did we not have a new record? I mean, it's an AEW pay-per-view. I'll let you uh, let your I'll let everyone's minds figure that one out uh weekly recap the the final awesome build to survivor series which i mean just just so hyped for this pay-per-view cannot fucking wait for it and then we're gonna make our predictions for survivor series it's gonna it's gonna be a fun one as always you can follow us on twitter at ddt russell pod chat are you ready to go as ready as I've ever been. Okay. Let's go. Welcome into episode 33 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I am Dylan, and I am joined by Chad, not Joe, this week. Joe's at a wedding, and Chad is tired, depressed, all of the above, feeling, feeling some type of way. Well, I can tell you what's gotten me down, Dylan. My boys hit row have been released by the WWE. Yikes. Uh, I don't understand this one at all. This one is one of those. It, a lot of other ones have made sense. This one does not make a damn bit of sense. Yeah, I'll just run down the list real quick. Uh, WWE has released John Morrison, the rest of Hit Row. So Top Dalla, Ashanti, the Adonis, and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, and Jackson Riker. I'll just say right off the bat, Jackson Riker, awesome release. Uh, the rest of them, like Hit Row, hurts a lot. John Morrison hurts a lot. However, John Morrison, I'm excited to see what he does elsewhere. Uh, Johnny Impact. Call him by his name again. Johnny Impact. I have a proposal. Or just what do you think of the thought of Johnny Elite? I would be kind of shocked, honestly. Uh, there's already rumors that Taya Valkyrie wants to go back to Triple A and do some stuff there. Um, so if they, if she goes Triple A, I bet he goes Johnny Mundo again, does more of like what he did in Lucha Underground than he does anything else. 
there's like the carrying cross i think i think goes impact and I, but i think johnny wrestling johnny mundo johnny impact johnny nitro johnny whatever goes triple a and he uses some of that stuff there yeah that's why i was curious just because he's got a name for like everywhere that he goes so i was like why not add one more to the repertoire and have him be johnny elite but i don't i'm i agree with you i think that impact is the place that he ends up or yeah yeah going back to impact and then while Taya goes back to triple a um tegan knox that's tough she's been super injury prone the whole time pretty it much because she's she's great she's that's... she's awesome in the ring like when she was around like was one of my favorites to watch in nxt and then got recently yeah. recently got called back up to smackdown uh and was tagging with shotzi and then shotzi recently going on to do her own thing and turning heel and now they i guess because they broke up a tag team wwe has one person on their mind and then the other one they just don't know what to do with them so they just like yep kicking the ass out the door the tegan one didn't overly shock me because we haven't seen her yet since they rebrand they re-split everyone up she got drafted on talking raw smack smack and um, raw smacking it raw um but and we know she's injury prone and i'm not sure if she ever fully recovered from the last one so that one's not overly shocking to me johnny impact is not overly shocking to me and i'm gonna call him that from now on by the way never again is he johnny morris and john morris he's johnny impact again uh, yeah. until he signs with somewhere else uh it's hit row is the only one on this list that's like really frustrating drake maverick doesn't do anything that was like 24 7 stuff a few matches on nxt where he gets squashed like he's a character that's entertaining but i'm not gonna miss him in the ring just hit row sticks out here as like really frustrating because yeah. not only is this like something that i was invested in it was new it was young it was original i was really building i love isaiah swerve scott in the ring i mean ashanti the adonis and top dollar are like okay um, they were building still very raw on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. Um, but fuck, man, we don't, we're not giving talent the ability to succeed after we're calling them up. Like how many people do we just call up and just pull out of NXT and then just give them almost nothing before we cut them. We're not doing shit. I will say, on, I will say on this one though, I did see a story that top dollar was apparently very difficult to work with and was a backstage problem but i don't know why that can't mean that hit row can't just be ashanti the adonis and Isaiah swerve scott the fans are very invested in isaiah swerve scott and have been for a long time he's not green he, he he's very talented and he's been with the company for years yeah i mean dude at this point like i feel like hard to work with just means that you're not a fucking yes man at this point like it seems like everyone's hard to work with and it's just like because they don't like bend the knee to a little, every little thing that Vince wants them to do. It's I don't I don't get it, man. Like Triple H has got to come save this problem. This is the shows are becoming unwatchable. The rosters falling apart. What is good anymore other than like the top 25 people that we just cycle through constantly? Yeah, everything's the same. You know, every person that's been in the main event in the last like three or four years all can be pulled from the same 10 to 12 person list hell the women's division is the same six people 
the same six. You're cutting it in half. You got Sasha, Bailey, Becky, Charlotte, Oscar, and now Bianca. Bianca. Yeah, I'm glad we've added one. We've added this one. live thing will probably last one pay per view. I think the live will get beaten, and we'll move the fuck on from that too. And there's like no one else other than those six that you could realistically see them building. Maybe Shotzi, but like no. They're not like it's too early to tell with that one. There, there's a lot of people that they're given like inklings that they might be moving with forward with them. They got Shotzi, you got Liv, you got Aaliyah even showing up and making some some moves early. Aaliyah Tony getting... Storm, we'll talk about. Um Tony Storm, maybe, but like four or five of those people have done nothing yet. That tells me that they're going to be in the same category as Bianca, Sasha, Bailey, Oscar, Becky, and Charlotte. Yeah, and I don't think anyone ever will be. Well, I mean, I would say that the Charlotte thing is going to move move on at some point here soon. I think I would not be shocked if Charlotte moves away from the company with all the backstage heat and her uh, fiance being somewhere else. Yeah. But then you're just going to have the other five, and the other five are just going to rotate. Back and forth, we're going to build storylines we've seen before. It's just slowly but surely becoming less and less something that I want to watch on a weekly basis. And like Raw was nearly unwatchable this week. SmackDown was okay, but like 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 I said last week, like that it, it's very apparent that the only thing that they give a shit about is what is going on with Roman Reigns, and they give that a quarter to maybe sometimes even fucking half of SmackDown. Yeah. And then the rest of the show is just fodder to whatever is not involved with Roman Reigns. And it's like, it's tough to care about, but we shall move on. It's okay. You know, it's okay. Cause they're pulling NXT guys up now and we'll, we'll refill the roster with a bunch of Von Wagner's. <laughs> the WWE roster it's just going to be a bunch of Geico cavemen in like three years. Maybe Roman Reigns will get more plastic surgery done or get some plastic surgery done. I forgot it all. It wasn't, it's not really plastic surgery that the, the, the teeth thing, maybe he'll get some more stuff done and he'll start looking like a caveman. He's got the hair for it. You just got two cavemen in every match. Caveman one versus caveman two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our beer ratings from AEW Full Gear. It was this past Saturday in, fuck, St. Louis? Minneapolis? Minneapolis. Yep. It was in the Midwest. I was close. Milwaukee? Enough. It was in Minneapolis. Minneapolis? Minneapolis Street Fight. I can't believe I just said St. Louis. I think that was last year's. Full gear. Wow, I'm just a big dumb stupid head. Let's uh, let's start with signs. Did you, did you get any signs? I was not paying a ton of attention to the signs, but I did get one that I think is really good. It was during the Andrade and Malachi versus Pack and Cody match. A guy right behind the ring put a sign down that said. Cody solved racism. 
<laughs> I forgot about only, that one. I didn't write it down. <laughs> it was only there for like a minute and he pulled it away and I never saw it again. But as soon as I saw that and I like figured out what it said, I shot. I thought that was hilarious. Look, let me be the second person other than that guy with the sign to congratulate Cody Rhodes for solving racism. And passionate speeches as promos about having mixed children is how you solve racism. Thanks, yep. Cody. Just get rid of races. That's what that's what he's doing. Thanks, Cody. I mean, have you seen the thing where it's like in like 500 years, we're all going to we're all going to be like mixed and Mildly, have like yeah. have like hazel eyes. Have you seen that? Yeah, they had like a picture of what they expect people to look like 500 years from now. And Everyone's going to look like, exactly the same. Racism. We're, we're going to have like moke uh, skin and brown eyes. Yeah. I mean, he's doing his part. So Cody can't hate him for that. We can hate him for other things. I mean, I I can hate him for a lot of other things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll just go down my list. Uh, This is just in the order that I saw them. Uh, MJF eats sloppy steaks. Oh, yeah. I saw that one. Yeah. What do you think a sloppy steak is? You think it's like a like a, you know, when you like you pull a steak directly out of the skillet after you've been like basting it with the with the butter and the grease and then you just put it on a plate and then it like sweats onto your plate into like a big pool of sloppy steak meat grease and liquid sloppy steak mjf does eat those you're right he probably licks the plate dry <laughs> oh i had god fears miro just yep something funny because of his character that he does right now uh give me cowboy shit or give me death i was like fuck yes let's go uh kenny buys pants at spirit i'm talking about kenny omega what spirit i don't know what spirit is i just assumed that was a funny <laughs> oh the halloween store oh, oh yeah leslie just confirmed pants look like, oh leslie they just they confirmed Halloween pants. Oh yeah, the design. Yeah, they look like a like a Halloween costume. Also, during Kenny's entrance, I saw a sign that said, "What would Coda think?" So, mm. what what would Coda Abushi think about how Kenny's been acting? Makes you think. Good sign. And then uh, I wasn't gonna put these ones in, but then I don't know. I just saw them way too much. There was a sign that said. Uh, it, I thought at first that it said book Baron Corbin, but it actually said book Darren Corbin. Yeah, like, so it was right by the ring entrance. Yeah, I was like, what the right fuck? Right next to the stage. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what Darren Corbin meant. It's like a doppelganger. It, maybe that's his eight. That would be his AEW name. If if uh, Darren if, Corbin is elite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there was just the sign with the squid game guy. I thought it was funny there's just like a like a sad face with the guy from squid game i haven't even watched squid game i just know i haven't that. watched it yeah heard it's really good heard there's a twist ending spoiler alert. it's very interesting quite yep. interesting i've heard yes probably not gonna watch it though probably not my thing yeah yeah maybe all right uh moving into the show so we didn't actually start the buy-in with the match the tag team women's match between Hikaru Shida, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, and Jamie Hayter. We actually started with uh, 
Tony Schiavone introducing Dante Martin and having him come out to the ring. And then he just started getting offers from other teams like uh, Team Taz and the Acclaimed. It was kind of weird just because like Leo Rush wasn't there. Just to be completely honest on this one, uh, I was waiting for you to give me your information for the pay-per-view and then spent uh, the next 30 to 40 minutes trying to figure out how to work computers and TV apps and everything else. Yeah. So I, think- I missed everything but the last like five minutes of the Sheeta match of yeah, the buy-in. I forgot how old you are that you don't know uh, what's going on. On my account, I always just use the app for Bleacher, but like it wouldn't let me because I already had an account logged in and it wouldn't let me log out. There was no log out button. That's how bad that app is. What the fuck? There's, no, there's not even a log out button. You're logged in so, for life, son. So while I was on the computer trying to log on the computer so I could just pull it up there, I was deleting the app so I could reinstall the app. Yeah, with- so I could pre-implement a new app. <laughs> Dude, I could, totally, I could totally see that being like reinstalling the app and it's like, Welcome. You're already logged in. What well, didn't, but after I finally logged in with your info, I got the most choppiest shit ever. Like it was like five seconds of match, froze five seconds. Three seconds of match, freeze for three seconds. It was you couldn't watch it. It was unbearable. It was very watchable on my laptop plugged into my TV through well, bleacherreport.com. Figure it out eventually. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely better. I mean, at least on my end, I have no issues with Bleacher Report, so it's better than Peacock. It's just more expensive, but I wouldn't say it's I better don't, than Peacock I don't because mind. the app is completely unfunctional. Peacock has a good app. I have never had issues like, watching an AEW pay per view because you're using the internet. I previously always used the app and never had issues, but like then I couldn't even log out of the fucking app. No logout button. Can I just repeat that this is a fucking terrible app that didn't even have a fucking logout button? It literally yeah, but, had a button that was like account. And then when you pulled that up, it was like activate device. Yeah, even but, though you were already logged in and you already had activated the fucking device. And that yeah, was the it, only thing on the account page. It, at least it knows who all your favorite teams are. It, no, it doesn't. Because what? on the app, it doesn't even show you any of the bleacher report stuff. On the app, it literally just like advertisement for AEW pay-per-view account button. That's the only two things you could click on. It's like the only other thing I use Bleacher Report for is like wrestling news and like news about my favorite teams. Oh, no, I use ESPN for that. I don't use Bleacher. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, ESPN. I pay Disney, so. Interesting. Well, we had a buy-in That app's about as bad as your fucking fantasy football team, by the way. Oh, my God. Did you see what I did this week now that I'm out of the playoffs? Dylan has decided in his uh, ultimate wisdom of not being in the playoffs anymore, he is playing a single kicker and no one (laughs) else. got 16 points. And still's got 16 fucking points. (laughs) I could could probably still, like, put a lineup together and probably still crush Cody, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to give him the win. Nick Folk, though, got me 16 points. I'm... Pretty excited. There's yeah, still gonna, I still have I'm a six literally per- work a trade to get Nick Folk off you. I still have a six percent chance. Trade. I still have a six percent chance of winning that game. You should probably just put real people in. Your percent chance would probably be very high after a kicker got you sixteen fucking. Points. No, I have a zero percent chance of making the playoffs. I quit. I'm, I'm on you, to you greener. Trade that I'm kicker? on. 
Are you going to give me another kicker? Yeah. Which one? Suck up. Ryan suck up. Tampa Bay. Oh, that's a that's a good kicker name. Yeah, send it. There we go. Yeah. Live. Send live on, live on the air. We just did a we just did a trade. I am guaranteed by the end of this season to only have Dallas Cowboy players that I drafted and no one else that I drafted because at this place <laughs> I am basically there. That is true. All right. Uh Back to wrestling, though. We we had a buy-in match. We had a Karoshita and Thunder Rosa versus Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter. And right before the match started, uh, Tony Schiavone, like they were doing all the like, they'll flash like the the match card and like have, do like a couple sentences about each match and then flash the next match. Uh, and the 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 Cody match came up, and Tony Schiavone quote from him said, "I don't know if Pac and Cody Rhodes." can coexist. <laughs> oh, I did not think that AEW could stoop to such low levels. Yet they did. And but yet here we are. I'm not upset yet. I'm just disappointed. And if they do it again, I'll be upset. Well, I mean, you set up a match with random two faces versus random two heels. That's never going to end in coexisting. Yeah, uh, this was just your run-of-the-mill, though, pre-show match. Had some interference from, from Vicky Guerrero. Ton of tags. Uh, but the faces won, Ikarashita and, and uh, Thunder Rosa. And it got two and a quarter beers. Off to a hot start. Tons of tags. The silent killer. Speaking of a hot start, Jamie Hayter was in this match. Sup. Okay. No, I got to be honest, though. I can't get behind any of the people in this match in the ring. I am completely done with Nyla Rose. Thunder Rosa? Uh, let me get there. Let me get okay. there. Hold on. Let me go through them. Uh, Jamie Hayter is incredibly bland. Yep. What's up? She's also a sidekick right now. So, Yep. Hikaru Shida was, did a great job with her title run. But I was very done with that title run long before it ended. So agreed. Definitely, definitely already passed the Karashita. And Thunder Rosa, I'm not sure if they're billing her the right way. I'm concerned they're not going to give her the title. And if they don't, I'm not interested. They're going to. They have to. I don't know. They have to. They're not giving her any pushes. Like she's not. That's featured. because it's not time yet. They're I'm not even concerned. like she's still in the fucking TBS tournament. Like they're going to give her a problem. If she wins the TBS belt, then she's not going to win the women's championship. I don't think she's going to. I think Roby Soho is going to win that. I hope so. But then who's she going to lose to? Who? Ruby? No. Oh, Rosa. Thunder Rosa going to lose to? Fuck. I don't know the bracket. Jade Cargill. <laughs> Jade Cargill. The one on that. Yep. That will piss me off. If you sell Thunder Rosa like she can't even beat Jade fucking Cargill, yeah, but do it then in a you fucky can't sell her way. as beating Brit fucking Baker. Do it in a fucky way where Smart Mark Sterling interferes or something. That like, guy sucks, by the way. That guy's annoying as shit. His name's Smart Mark Sterling. Of course he does. This whole thing, I'm just I'm concerned. I don't know, man. I appreciate the talent of Thunder Rosa, but if they don't book her right, I'm concerned that they're going to ruin the opportunity. Yeah, and then. Uh, after the match, before the before the main show started, they did a backstage promo with the best friends. I don't know if you caught this or if you were still lagging around. Orange Cassidy oh, I saw some of it. Orange Cassidy basically confirmed himself as a weekly listener. Uh, 
they asked him or basically talked about how he's going to have he was going to have the tag team match that he had at Dynamite this week and he talked about joining Chaos and he said he was going to ask Jeeves uh about who his tag team partner should be or and then he brought up Chaos after that and said he was going to bring bring one of his dogs which hinted at Ishii which ended up being his tag team partner on Wednesday but just the fact that Orange Cassidy brought up Ass Jeeves, I mean, we have to be the only people that talk about that anymore as a bit. I mean, Orange I think Orange, it's a pop culture reference he can make without listening to the show. But Orange Cassidy, we already, confirmed, confirmed listener. We could definitely say somebody in AEW is giving this stuff off because there's no way there, they there's don't know no way. the rules of this game. They're trying to kill us. <laughs> they're trying to kill us with these matches. And then they they keep throwing these subtle hints out there. They said they said coexist. Orange Cassidy asking Jeeves. There's been other references in the past that I don't remember because I drink too much. But Aubrey Edwards every single time. Aubrey Edwards doing after we talk about her being a bad ref. Aubrey Edwards just being alive. <laughs> Aubrey Edwards existing. We never build that never, into fruition. Never change Aubrey Edwards, or else we will have nothing to talk about on this show. Uh, damn it! And then we got then we get into the main card. So, first match was Darby Allen versus MJF. I was not expecting this to be the opening match. Holy shit! This was fucking awesome. Yeah, when this was uh when I opened the show and this was the first match, I was not sure if it was gonna be great or just good. Um, this was like my second favorite match on this whole card. Um, looking at it, looking at it. Yeah, might be either number two or three for me. I yeah, think it's another one that's like tied with it. I me, think it but... is the I think it's the best wrestling match on the card. Like, as far as quality. Like, yep. if if I were to if I were to guess which match on this card got the highest star rating for Meltzer, I would bet it would be this one. I'm gonna ask Jeeves about that. I've been trying to figure that out for a week now. He hasn't been posting it. Yeah, take, by now. Let me, that takes a while. Let me ask Jeeves that. Uh, so surprisingly enough, Darby versus MJF was third most star rating on the card. All right, so behind the Bucks, four, four and a half. Did they really give the Bucks and Kenny and Hangman four and a, three quarters? All right, I'm just gonna tell you all these. Darby Allen versus MJF, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston, and Danielson versus Miro all got four and a half stars. Danielson Miro. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that one's surprising. I'll talk about that. that I'll talk about that a little later. Uh, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus versus Adam Cole, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson got five stars. What the fuck? Five stars. Good for them. And Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page got five and a half stars. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think ending and storytelling maybe gets you there, but yeah, the ending was so good. I don't know. We'll talk about it a little later what I think could have put it into the fucking stratosphere for star ratings, but back to Darby and MJF. <laughs> Quote from JR, he called them uh so obviously MJF has the famous uh the four pillars of AEW thing and these are obviously two of them. Uh, JR called them two of the four pillows of AEW. <laughs> <laughs> J- 
JR. Just, honest, I'm not sure we have that many years left with this JR. We thing. don't have many months left. Like he's he, he's been talking about. I heard something where like the skin cancer thing could keep like take him off of the announce desk very soon. That's sad as shit. It's very sad. Yeah, that's going to that's going to take away a lot. Yeah. Excalibur. Like, he's got it, though. Excalibur. If anyone has shocked me on that thing, I love Excalibur. Excalibur, just the fact that he knows every move that's ever been done in a wrestling ring just helps him out. It's like when Taz was the, the commentator on SmackDown back in the day. He used to have yeah. the same kind of style. He used to know every hold and every submission. Yeah. He used to call everything a key lock, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then this 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 has to set the record for the most two counts ever in a match. Like they were doing like the yeah. roll around the ring, like in a fucking circle. And it's like every time they would roll around and like it would be like two count, and then they'd flip it flip over, and the other guy would get a two count. And they did that. They did that sequence like two or three times in this in this match with like five or six two counts per sequence. It was ridiculous. I'm pretty sure you got like almost a half a beer worth of two counts three times. Yeah. Beer it was absurd. Just two counts in three sequences. Yep. Uh, Darby hitting a coffin drop to the floor on the outside looked devastating. That's just, yep. that's rough on the body right there. This was physical as shit. And then you had some attempted interference by some of uh, really be Spears and Wardlow. Uh, mm. and then my Sting. surprise pick, Sean Spears. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Sting coming out and with the baseball bat and kind of getting them out of there. And then they cause a distraction. MJF puts on the dynamite diamond ring, hits Darby, and beats him with the headlock takeover as he predicted, or as he basically called. He basically called a shot, and it happened. A little bit surprising yeah. to me. I think we, you and I both picked Darby Allen in this match, right? So, yeah, this began my whole night of like everything I thought would happen in every match, with the exception of the finale. I basically got everything wrong. Every time I was like, well, I think this is why they're going to pick this to win. Even if I got the match right, I got the completely wrong idea of how, of they like how were it would. To... Yeah. Yep. I thought they would put. Darby over for the first time in months because they've been having him lose a lot. And uh, here he is again. Lose. Yep. And you absolutely sold me on that earlier that earlier last week. But before you had talked to me about that, I was 100% on MJF for that match. I still would have. Yep. I still would not have won the belt, but I at least would have been tied for the lead. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was in last place. So that's rough. You know, back in the yeah, day, and the back in the day in the predictions contest, that mean that used to mean you owed pizza at the next pay per view. Well, I was every, tied for last place, for, so I'd be splitting it. But it's you'd okay. be splitting it. That is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, this got three and a half beers, so we are off to a very hot start with this pay per view, and uh, that theme is going to continue. At this point, I was basically asleep. Oh. Because I have been up for 25 or 28 hours at this point. So at this point, oh, I was yeah. basically I, asleep. So you did, yeah, you didn't finish it live, right? You watched no, it the I watched next day? This match, the next match, and started the Miro-Danielson match and then woke up halfway through to see how it ended. Yeah. And then was like, I got to stop. I 
25 of 28 hours awake is I'm just, it's just not working. Yeah. Chad was backstory. Chad was just at that place for way too long. And well, you know how it yeah. goes from there. Uh, next match, we had the Lucha Bros versus FTR for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Uh, <laughs> just thought it was funny. FTR wore the uh, the knee there. They wore knee pads where they had the 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 flag of the United States on one knee pad and then the Mexican flag on the other knee pad because they're the Triple A Tag Team Champions. Just thinking they're they're like the hot the hot shit luchadors because of how they won the triple A tag team championships. It was pretty funny. And just add on added on to the fact that they're going up against the Lucha Bros. Just made it pretty funny. To give you an idea of how tired and half asleep I was when I was watching this, I wrote the Lucha Dragons on my piece of paper here. Oh my god. Wrong team, bro. That team doesn't exist anymore. No. No, it does not. Yeah, basically though, this match uh, <clears throat> lots of high flying from uh, Lucha Dragons. A lot of, I mean, Lucha Dragons, <laughs> Lucha Bros. Um, but how the match ended up ending was uh, I can't remember. I can I never remember FTR's names. There's so, Cash. So Dax, and Dax, Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood was the legal man. Cash, the bald one, was yeah. Cash was on the outside. Yep. And put his head under the ring, put on the green luchador mask where they the yep. ones that they won the triple odd tag team championships with, got in the ring to make the ref think that not know who it was, thinking making him think it was Dax, which doesn't make any sense because you could see Cash's hair out of the back. But uh he still ends up getting pinned and the Lucha Bros retain the tag titles. Uh this was still just a very good match. I thought up and down this entire card match quality was very high. Like I think your lowest match quality was still a very, very good match on this card. Uh this one let me down a little bit. Yeah. Maybe it was just like a high leftover from the last pay-per-view Lucha Bros match and my love for Lucha Bros throughout their time, all the way from like Lucha Underground to now. I've always been huge fans of Penta and Ray Phoenix. Um, but this was this compared to some of the stuff they've done in AEW and especially recently, this was just okay, which is disappointing from FTR too. But I don't think it's the pinnacle event. I think they're gonna, yeah, that's pun. Um, <laughs> I think, I think you will get a follow on match with how they concluded that, and that match will be a bigger match, maybe something with a stipulation that gives Lucha Bros a chance to really shine, such as a cage or a ladder. Yeah, I'm curious if they're going to do like another big like December big dynamite show like they did last year with Winter is Coming where Sting made his debut. I would assume I don't know if they're going to do Winter is Coming again, but I w- they announced New Year's Smash today. Yeah, that could also be the the place that they do that 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 finale match. Um it's like 5 weeks from now, so that w- that would probably work fine. Yeah, and, and it's also I- like one of, that and the show right before that, their last shows on TNT, so it's like a two-parter. They're yeah, New Year's Smash night one, night two, and it's how they're transitioning to TBS. Yeah, could also see them doing like the very first TBS show. Obviously, I think they're going to have the TBS tournament final on that show, probably. So I don't know. It's going to be somewhere around there. And yeah, add a stipulation to it. It's going to be an awesome match, especially like it's going to be a gr- an incredible TV match. Mm-hmm. Um. 
did I say what that got three? Uh, so that got that got three and a quarter beers as well. Or you're, you're like point two five over me every time, but yep. I'm sorry, dude. I mean, I was half asleep. I was probably missing things. <laughs> All right, next match: Brian Danielson versus Miro in the finals for the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. Uh, and this entire match, like they built up, like the. Miro's neck being his weakness and it, you just got some solid back and forth stuff from each guy. I mean, they're obviously both great wrestlers and it ended up being like, like they built it up the entire match with Miro's neck. And then it basically ends with Danielson uh, hitting a DDT off the top rope and then turning that into a guillotine afterwards. And they, then they had Miro pass out. And Danielson becomes number one contender for the AEW World Championship. So, uh, yeah, technical submission being how he wins this match. You know, he ends in the drops down into like the chokehold rear neck submission. uh, And then they say Miro's out and they they knock him out. So technical submission finisher um, from the top rope, which was a. I think a really good way to sell Miro over still. Um, I'm glad they didn't undersell Miro um, because they built him up so far. I mean, I think he only has like what three, three total losses the whole time he's been in AEW or something like that. Cause this one, and then the Sammy Guevara match, and I think he was undefeated before that. So maybe two. Um, I can't think of another Miro loss other than he, the Sammy Guevara. Cause he was undefeated when he won it from Darby. Definitely not a definitely not any singles losses that I can think of. Maybe yeah, a tag, I mean, maybe a tag loss when he was with Kip. But yeah, yeah, sure. That that one I could see. I'm, I'm more talking about the singles. I think this is only a second singles to say he lost to Sammy and Brian Danielson sells Miro pretty fucking high still, which is good. Even though hot take, I hate his gimmick. The whole God it's, thing. Oh yeah, his he mentions his wife a lot. Yeah, which may be upset. And where the fuck is Lana? When she didn't show up, because if she had showed up and I would have stuck with my Daniels or not my Danielson, but my MJF pick, then I could have won. But you know, AEW fucking AEW just fucking hates me. Are they slow rolling this one? Is it ever gonna happen? What do you think? With the Lana thing? Yeah. CJ um, Perry. Yeah, CJ Perry. I think so because I think he mentions her way too much for her not to ever show up. So I That's think eventually I this was the one. It wouldn't it would have made it made so much sense for her to show up at the pay-per-view, but they have to be like this has to be a slow roll, an even slower roll than what we thought. Like he had been talking about her ever since he became the God's favorite championship or favorite champion uh, gimmick. So I don't know it, it, her not coming in at full gear makes me wonder like, when will she show up? If she, if she shows up, he, he talks about her way too much for her not to. I hope so. I, I not that I ever want to see her wrestle again. I don't, I don't want to see her wrestle, but I think he needs it to improve this gimmick. She's a good man. gimmick is, She's great as a manager. She can talk. So, like, I'm not saying Miro can't. And I'm not saying Miro's 
gimmick is complete trash. I just don't like it, and I need more to add to it because it's gotten stale. It's just every time he's talking the same things. My God, it's going to let me down. I'm going to prove it to my God. And then my wife is going to love me or whatever the fuck is going on. It's the same segment every time. So to add something to it, bring us fucking Lana. Yeah, I will say, yeah, the, I agree. The promos have been getting stale with that, which I mean, I don't know. I don't know when she's I mean, going to show up. If not, <laughs> one thing I will say about all of this is, though, that like having an opinion where I say something is stale on AEW by comparison to what WWE is giving me is still more entertaining. I'd still rather watch the same Miro promo than almost anything on a on fucking Monday Night Raw or NXT. That's very true. Uh, so this one actually got less beers than I thought it would. I got one and three quarters beers, three quarters of a beer. Sorry for for this match quarter over me again yeah sounds about right checks the chart checks the chart yeah that's uh i don't want to that kind of sounds like what i expected from this match uh maybe maybe expect a few more chest chops or something um there but that was still a lot of those it's not like those weren't a part of it but this was the most underwhelming match on the card for me same I had super fucking high hopes. And did you hear the part where they started um, during the advertisements for this match where they said Brian Danielson had never beaten Miro in his career? Is that true? Yes. I had to Google it. But during the thing, during the advertisement section, like the countdown to full gear or the pre-show, they talked about it. Yeah. Brian Danielson said he'd never beaten Miro, which means he lost to Rusev every fucking time. And I Googled it, and they've met three times. Two of them were tag matches, but they lost, he lost to Miro, a.k.a. Rusev, every time. One was a ladder in the Mac, uh, Money in the Bank ladder match qualifying match. Yeah, that's the one we had talked about two last week. Ago. Or last two weeks week. ago. Whatever. I yeah. can't remember. But, <clears throat> yep. Danielson has now beaten Rusev slash Miro once. Yeah, so one and three quarters of a beer for that match. Uh, next match, probably, almost definitely the most entertaining and yeah. most fun match on the entire card. We had the Super Click, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole versus the Jurassic Express, uh, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy, and Christian Cage. This was awesome. This was just this was my amazing. favorite thing on the card. Yeah, the. Like- the super click is a super click wearing all pink, like pink and black. I mean, you have to think about the heart foundation in mind with that one. Uh, given given those vibes off, uh, lots of lots of budge signs for Adam Cole. Hilarious. Matt Jack was it? No, it was Nick Jackson who had his facial hair painted pink. Yeah, he like I saw it on it was on being the elite this week. He they they showed it where they. I guess they 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 had said during that that they came up with it like on the spot and he was just there. He spray painted himself like he spray painted his beard. So they like they they duct taped over the portions that he didn't want to be pink and just spray painted his face pretty much as his beard. But it, it got like in his mouth. It was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, um, spray painted that pink and. 
yeah, just so many, so many good spots in this match. Like all the trash can spots, just ridiculous. There's a lot of hard hitting trash can spots. All the shit on the ramp, uh, off the stage, off the stage. The the shooting star press by Luchasaurus, and that then was badass. The the storytelling in this match was awesome as well. Where I gotta get this one right. Where it was like they went for the concerto like halfway through the match and Christian wanted jungle boy to do it. And jungle boy was like, no, I can't. And then you fast forward to the end of the match and Christian's going for the concerto again, because it did not get hit earlier in the match. And then jungle boy comes up behind him. He's like, no, I got it. Basically like over overcoming like whatever he was thinking over whatever jungle boy was thinking in his mind to not have him do it earlier in the match. And now he's like, I guess, built up whatever courage or whatever he needed to end up hitting the concerto hits that on Matt. One of the, one of the bucks I want to say was, it was Nick, I think, but it was, yeah, definitely one of the bucks. Yeah. Hits the concerto and pins him one, two, three, the match is over. And the Jurassic express and Christian win the match. Yeah, it was a little obvious the first concerto was not going to happen because it was Adam Cole laying down there. And I was like, there's no way they pin Adam Cole in this match based on how I think they're going to sell him for the rest of the time here. Yeah, also, we'll talk about the end here. Also, Cole took the concerto on Dynamite or Rampage like a, a week or yep. two ago. So just didn't but see that I, happening. The The storytelling here is what makes this match. I mean, granted. It was like a false count anywhere or a street fighter, whatever they called it. It was false count anywhere, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there was no disqualification. There was a ton of weapon use. There was really enjoyable staged spots, ramp spots, uh, the Titantron stuff that they had for full gear. They one of them was climbing up the the rafters. There, there was stuff in the crowd where Christian Cage and one of the Bucks was fighting on some ledges over the crowd. That was, was Nick, cool. yeah. Yeah, they went up there and also had like Cutler and Nakazawa go up there and then oh yeah, yeah Christian yeah. Christian jumped up or jumped off of like the I don't know what the fuck to call it, but basically like, like the, 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 like the, the header overhang. the header of the walkway, basically. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a cool that was a fun spot. All of that combined made it really entertaining, but the storytelling for the the faces in this match was really cool. This is the kind of match Christian Cage needs to be in. I'm not going to say Christian Cage is out of it, but I've watched a lot of Christian Cage now since his return, watching Impact and AEW. And no offense to Christian, but he's, he's not what he used to be. This oh, is the kind no. of match Christian Cage needs to be doing because that was awesome and kept Christian in the match the whole time without me noticing his inability or his this uh stamina issues it's almost like a goldberg thing his impact matches were all 12 minutes or less yeah every single one his uh world championship against kenny omega was one of the shortest kenny omega title defenses in the last year so interesting i mean that could also just be because it was on rampage which is an hour-long show so no i'm talking about the main event at the pay-per-view oh yeah yeah that was shorter than this one or the one on this card that was shorter than the one at double or nothing. 
that were shorter than the John Moxley Kenny Omega match. Interesting. I just don't think Christian Cage has enough to go for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Yeah. I mean, definitely Without, not anymore. Like, keeping it like in the hardcore match or doing something where he's hitting someone with a chair and that's how he's getting the moves in. Yeah. Still just very, very enjoyable. Awesome match. Uh, and I got five beers for this match. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So this pay-per-view had a couple matches make it into the top 10 and I'm pretty sure we have a new top 10 now. Pretty sure five beers is the minimum now for the top 10 or to make it into it. Uh, I'll have to check on that later. All right. So the next match, could they coexist? Cody Rhodes and Pack versus Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. Cody just continues to get booed out of the fucking building. I'm loving it. I mean, this match was all right for me. Not a whole lot to shake a stick at. Uh, the the big the big like what the fuck of the match was Cody and Pack winning like why I don't get it yeah I thought long and hard about how this was gonna go and I thought every time I came up with like a how I expected this to end it was always well Andrade Malachi have to win this match and that's not how it I think it was Pack that got the pin count on Andrade right. Don't remember, <laughs> but Cody Cody did was... not Cody did not get the pin. I'm, I just don't remember who Pack pinned. In the end, all be all. I have no idea where they're going to take this. I there was no coexisting on Pack and Cody's part. They kind of went back and forth the whole time, as you expect the bastard and Cody Rhodes to do. Um, but like both teams couldn't coexist. It did upset me a little bit that Andrade and Malachi weren't coexisting super well because I was hoping that was the beginning of the House of Black, but I, I don't know if it is. I, I'm actually kind of leaning towards it that Andrade will not be part of House of Black and that they'll bring some new faces in to be House of Black, which probably for the best, so Andrade could do his own thing. But yeah, did you notice halfway through this match, I'm pretty sure the crowd was chanting, fuck you, Cody. It was loud. Didn't write that one down, but I feel like I do remember hearing something like that and like just kind of like laughing at it. But it was like no, kind I don't. Of a I'm, hot taggy situation, and or no, it was like it. Cody was acting like he wanted a hot tag, and people weren't for it. And then Pack ignored him, and then Pack got like drop kicked and like fell into the corner. And obviously, Cody tagged himself in, and he got booed for like a five ten seconds and then i started hearing fuck you cody louder than i heard the booze interesting now i don't i don't remember hearing that but definitely makes sense like the the crowds and i think including us we're just tired of it right now like i would much rather see him be a heel which him act like i've like i've continued to say i think him acting like himself he knows that it's going to draw booze so it's kind of working if that's what he wants. It's just that the fact that like he's still like teaming up with faces. So he's getting booed while like the, the entire crowd wants Malachi and Andrade to win because Cody's on a team with Pac. And it just kind of like 
brings down pack a little bit because he should not be booed because he's fucking awesome. But because yeah, he's teaming, because he's teaming with Cody Rhodes, his team collectively is getting booed out of the building. It felt like we just put four main event style stars in a match to get them on the card, and it did disservice to all four of them. Yeah, didn't help Cody to win the match because no, I mean it helps. It, help, anyway. it helps Pack to win the match. I don't know if it really did because you set him up on the same side as uh, Cody Rhodes. So like, yes, he won. He got a pinfall over one guy, one of the two guys, but he also has pinfalls over those people. So I don't necessarily think just because of that, he's going to be overly to the moon. So per se, moving forward, I just who that did that match really push anybody? Is my question. Not really. It was just kind of there, which is disappointing on a card where we had so much future building. Yeah. Like I said, also slightly disappointing, but like I did not have the expectations for this like I did for Danielson Miro sort of thing. So it wasn't like on that level of disappointing for me because, it, like this, I said, this match still had some really good moments, too. Yeah. It was still very good. We got to see Arn pull his Glock out again. <laughs> that was I don't funny. know what the Bullet Club fuck he's trying to do, but I do not like it. <laughs> I am I am not a fan of the the Kyle Rittenhouse fucking oh god Arn Anderson story too soon not intentional to be too soon but he's like <laughs> pulling a gun out on people may or may not be unarmed yeah political opinion aside that was just saying too soon i literally it just it they just showed it on tv i'm watching espn and they're talking about that bullshit it's about to be a big deal in Wisconsin. So, oh, it's a very big deal. Like already, it's been a big deal yeah, like all week. Knowing when the national like, guard is out there, so yeah, like, oh boy, and to think like that's Wild. where like most of ever, all of that stuff started too. So, yeah, I mean, this is all in the same place as the George Floyd stuff, right? Yeah, like I said, yeah. that's like where everything started. That and like there was like the the thing at Target as well. The, the like the fucking riot at Target last year that was in Minneapolis crazy shit I thought Wisconsin was a peaceful cheesy town really? well that's Minnesota well yeah that's Wisconsin but in Wisconsin Minnesota same same when I picture Wisconsin I picture everything just being like Green Bay Wisconsin just a bunch of nothing with a giant football stadium and a bunch of cheese heads a bunch of people yeah. putting on hats that look like cheese yeah <laughs> yeah drinking like world's shittiest beer you know Milwaukee's beast, dude. Milwaukee's you don't like beast. You don't like the beast? No. Oh man. What I like is these Corona seltzers. They're probably way better than the seltzer I'm drinking. This shit is garbage. Yeah, Bud Light wasn't meant to make a seltzer. They were just meant to make the greatest beer on earth. Speaking of something that was not garbage, though, the uh, the next match was Ty Conti versus Britt Baker DMD for the AEW Women's World Championship. And uh, this surpassed my expectations. Surprisingly good. I mean, uh, we, I we know surprisingly yeah, surpassed. Yeah. yeah, exceeded expectations. I think I think that's the best way to put it. The, Britt Baker, we know she could bring it. Ty Conti, there's question marks there. But I think after this match, no longer. Yeah, oh, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. Wait, uh, that tag match we just talked about, three and a quarter beers. 
Oh shit, we never co- Yeah, I got the, I actually got the exact same as you for the first time. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Yay. Um yeah. But yes, back to the women's match. Ty Conti, they said it in the thing, like Britt Baker's been doing this for like almost 10 years, has a ton of experience. Ty Conti was a NXT recruit, you know, had had almost no experience when she got brought into the performance center, did the performance center for a couple of years. Uh did a little bit in NXT and has been an AEW for about a year or two now. Um, I think she was one of the original like WWE releases, like very early on in that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and she's gotten progressively better. Also, sup, um, sup, sup. But point being, uh, she she took some bumps in this match that were nice, that were awesome. Uh, Britt Baker. The storytelling on Britt Baker's part, like whether or not she was able to block in the hold or not, or she was going to be able to even get the hold to get her to tap out was awesome storytelling. I was not expecting storytelling to be a part of this match and be worth me getting invested in, but it was. Yeah, just wasn't one of the ones that I was most looking forward to, but I think coming out of this, like it's definitely in the upper echelon of the matches on this card i think it's in your it's definitely in, well in your upper echelon of aew women's matches of all time i think which i mean it's just awesome like and that like th- this has been the biggest weakness of aew since it started was the women's division which mm-hmm. yep i think i would that, say overuse of factions and the lack of women's division yeah i don't mind the overuse of factions though for me, because it makes sense sometimes. Like, if you're building a feud between two guys that are in two different factions, you can have them, each guy, fight different people each week from the other faction, and you don't have to see the one-on-one match between the two that you're really looking forward to, but you can have, you can build a story based off of them fighting people that are friends with the person that they're really in a feud with. I like that aspect of it, and that does solve WWE's biggest problem: is the overuse of the same match for to to tell a story over yeah. a series of weeks. AEW just uses uh, instead of this guy facing his rival, he faces rivals faction guy, and they move that on for three or four weeks, and it gives you fresh matchups. My frustration with it is that every one of those matchups will end the same way, where every member from both factions are fighting in the ring or the same people that came out last week are now coming out. It's just repetitive endings. It's frustrating yeah. to me, but yeah, you're, you're I do, good. I do like the freshness of it. Yeah. You're good for one faction on faction fight per week in AEW at the very, at the very least minimal, but yeah. Uh, back to the, like the women's division though, like they've been doing a good job building it up. Like they've 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 obviously brought some people in. You have a you have Ruby Soho obviously now, bringing her in. That's but really like the only big one, right? That's the yeah, it's the only big one that they brought in from. I mean, especially from WWE, but they're building up the women that they basically started with, and it's starting to work, and it's starting to produce better quality matches and better feuds and it's just exciting to see where it can go because the more of them that they can build up and have them produce great matches then 
you're going to have more than six women in your fucking women's division. Like, well, I still WWE think does. the main event depth, the main event depth, though, it still gives to WWE because, I mean, yeah. even right now, when you're giving Liv Morgan a chance and Tony Storm's coming after Charlotte and you're not even talking about Bailey's and the Oscars, I still think the depth is with WWE on this one. For who sure. Can put on a great main event. For match. sure. But it is very exciting to see almost exactly what happened with NXT where NXT women division, not so great at the very beginning. And then they took a, a few people that they really had a lot of trust in and started building a very large division around a few people that they had a lot of talent in. And they were able to progress storylines and build characters to get fans invested. And then they just, they had the people behind the scenes, you know, uh, gold dust, um, Dustin Rhodes or whatever, you know, and the coaches back there getting the matches to be as good as they can be so that we can get that women's division to get back closer to on par with WWE. And, and the depth is getting surprisingly better as well. I mean, if we're saying Ty Conti's a main eventer, just add another one of the list. I mean, you got Nyla yeah. Rose, you got Jade Cargill, you got Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Ty Conti now. Soho. I mean, Ruby Soho, obviously. Shida. Yep. She, I don't know if she will get back there anytime soon, honestly. Yeah, but she is. Like, you can thrust her into a high-quality women's match, and you know it's going to be good at the very least. Sure, it's yeah. going to be good. It's going to be watchable at the very, you know. I agree. But, but yeah, Britt Baker ends up winning this match. She retains. Uh, I've continued. She didn't to- use the lockjaw, did she? Oh, boy. No, that was the storyline, that she kept missing the lockjaw and not being able to lock in the lockjaw. And then eventually at the very end, she locks it in finally. That was the story time. Yep. Yeah, because Ty tapped like almost immediately once she got it in. Once she right. got it in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like there was like four or five times where she didn't get it in. Right. This ends up getting two beers. I got 2.25. Oh, fuck. I went the other way. Holy shit. Well, I mean, we were on record watch. I'm assuming that's big that... Oh, you, do, you didn't you don't even know how many total beers that I ended up giving this, did you? No, this is this is completely I'm, I'm learning as we go. So don't ruin it for me. <laughs> oh, boy. OK. Uh, yeah, 2.25 then is what we're giving that. Uh, next match, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston, the fucking blood feud that we were all not very interested in seeing two and a half weeks ago and two weeks ago on rampage all of a sudden we are fucking like one of the most hyped matches on the card one of the things i'm most excited to see punk and kingston this got physical real quick and cm punk bleeds and it was just a i mean no other way to put it than how jr would call it it was a slobber knocker yeah this was a surprisingly good ma- it was the shortest match on the card um yep. which it should be eddie kingston doesn't have the stamina to go a really, really long time uh cm punk is still not proven he has stamina to go a really long time but what they gave us was segments of super just hard hitting shit just, just passion those like passion of like wanting to beat the fuck out of the other guy and then they would like break in between those segments and just have like these massive stare downs and like 
recollection moments where they're like trying to like get back up and like go back at it again and they just be like staring at each other like heated on their face and i was like holy shit the whole time i was on the edge of my seat for like a nine minute match yeah eddie kingston got minneapolis to boo cm punk uh did you see the the meme about his shorts this week i didn't see the meme about the shorts it was uh it basically said uh Everyone knew CM Punk was going to win until he came out in MMA shorts, and then we all knew he couldn't possibly win because he's oh. never won an MMA before. <laughs> I didn't, no, like, I didn't see that. I didn't see that, nor did I even think about that. But he, I mean, he, he won. Basically said like, so the money won. line has never shifted so fast in a CM Punk match as though when he came out in <laughs> MMA shorts. Fuck. I'm glad I didn't think about that at the time, or else I might have changed my pick. But yeah, Punk still won. Uh, we have to talk about the ultimate troll move of all time in this match, though. CM Punk hitting the five moves of doom on Eddie Kingston, doing John Cena's five moves of doom. I didn't recognize that. I recognize it right away. He did the first shoulder block, and I was like, is he seriously about to do the five moves of doom right now? Hits the second shoulder block. Kingston gets up, swings with the right arm. He misses. CM Punk hits a backdrop. Sticks his hand up like he's gonna do the five knuckle shuffle, and then just the they just start flipping each other off even more. Like this, so the if we if we had a drinking rule for middle fingers during a pay per view, Eddie, Eddie Kingston matches would go off the fucking chart. This match would have gotten a, a hundred beers. It was absurd how many times they flipped each other off. But yeah, I just thought it was fucking hilarious that he that he did the five moves of doom, just like the ultimate I, troll moment. That's so CM Punk though. It's almost like this guy can't let it live, you know. Like, let's move on. Like he he still brings it up in almost every promo. Like, like I get it, and I think that's why the crowd response is not quite where they expected it to be at this point. Yeah, and I mean you after know, like, this. After this, I thought they, like, because of the crowd reaction here and how everything happened, like, I was expecting a potential heel turn, but I'm not quite sure that that's what's going on now based off of what we saw on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I I haven't seen what happened Wednesday, but I would, I would expect, I would suspect that CM Punk does not go heel and CM Punk is one of those tweeners. You know, yeah. CM Punk is just CM Punk and can't have a label because he's going to do his own fucking thing. Yeah, I I also just after after the other heel turn that we had on Wednesday that we'll talk about later. Uh, also, yeah, just tough to have two heel turns in one night. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this got the lowest rating on the card for me. I got a beer. I got one beer. Yep. Crazy. Just a lot of things they were doing weren't things. Not that... just not a lot of drinking moments. Like yeah. there wasn't the shotgun chops by Kingston this time, which was nice. Uh, there was the CM Punk blood. Just not a whole lot. Just not a whole lot of drinking moments. But still, good match. I enjoyed the shit out of it. So, yeah, I, for a, a match that only got a beer and was like nine minutes long, this was one of the most enjoyable things on the card. Yeah. Speaking of things that were 
enjoyable, but not the greatest wrestling in the world. Yeah, this was not good. We had the highest rated match on the card in a Minneapolis yep. street fight between the inner circle and American top team with men of the year. Uh, there were so many weapons in this match, including a toaster, including a toaster being used as a <laughs> well, weapon. It wasn't just a toe. It was a toaster. It was a blender. It was a ski uh, jets, like a, a water ski, uh, a snowboard. Oh, basically, they said it's since it's a Minneapolis street fight. We got a bunch of stuff that's made and manufactured here in Minneapolis. <laughs> I know they were talking about how the toaster was made in Minneapolis. I was like, huh? Not gonna, not gonna ask Jeeves about that one. But I'll just believe you there. But sure, man. <laughs> yeah, it, oh, that just like that started off the mat. That was one of the first things in the matches, and I instantly was like, I'm just not sure if this is gonna be good. And it was entertaining. I wouldn't That's, call it good. It was entertaining, yes, and uh, yeah, completely agree. It was entertaining at best. Nothing yeah. more, nothing less. The Inner Circle obviously won here. Dan Lambert looking like the biggest piece of shit during this entire match, just like slightly getting involved and then running away. And like every time he was cornered, his teammates would help him and he would duck out and get back outside of the ring. And then eventually you knew how it was going to end. Dan Lambert is in the ring by himself and right behind him is Chris Jericho. Yep, This was as predictable of an ending as you can expect after everything they've done with Dan Lambert recently. I can only hope that this is the end of Dan Lambert in AEW. I don't want to see any more of that. I feel like it is. It almost has to be. It does kind of suck though. Like now where does like men of the year go? Cause well, I think they, I think they're still established. They're still top five in the AEW rankings right now. So, I mean, you oh. could easily go, anywhere they are in the top five so i mean did not pretty much that. go anywhere in the top five and they're one of they're almost the entire top five is heels though so i mean pick your choosing it's like the acclaimed and them private or house party private party sorry private party like FTR. most of the top five FTR, FTR, FTR and the bucks yeah the bucks i think too are in there yeah i think it's all five heel teams so you really could do anything we want with any of those teams so like Lucha Bros, against the Lucha, Lucha Bros are about Lucha to Bros. run run the gauntlet on on those guys. Yep, maybe they're the ones who take it off the Lucha Bros after they run gauntlet on like acclaimed and could be party. And- I would I would like to see one of these like teams that I mean there there is there is one team that I really would like to see win the tag team championships, but their faces is it Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. No, I th- I mean they're probably in my top three of who I would want to see win the tag titles, but um, they were also involved in this match. I would like to see Santana or Ortiz have a tag team championship run in AEW within the next year. Obviously, I think we're going to go to a heel team next. I think men of the year could be a solid pick to win those tag titles. I mean, of the top five, I'm naming all those teams, the acclaimed and private party and young bucks and FTR, they'd be the freshest answer. And I think the most talented answer that I haven't already won them FTR and young bucks have won them already. Yep. You're going to put one of them that's currently experienced and fucking talented. I love all ego. Ethan page, former member of the North with Josh Alexander over an impact. 
and I, Scorpio Sky was always my favorite. Remember SCU back when SCU was the Ring of Honor thing. So like the two of them, awesome in the ring. Yeah. So I already alluded to it. Highest match on the card, or highest rated match on the card, five and three quarters of a beer. I got five and a half. So here we go. Classic. And before the main event, we had ourselves a debut, a finish your beer. Holy fuck. I was so excited. Jay Lethal. Dude, we've said it so many fucking times. I'm the Ring of Honor guy. I'm the Impact guy. Jay Lethal is a Ring of Honor fucking legend. He's the goddamn Hulk Hogan or John Cena of Ring of Honor. He's the Macho Man. I mean, obviously, he did all the Macho Man. He's, okay. he's done all the Macho Man stuff. First of all, he's bigger than Macho Man was to, to Ring of Honor than Macho Man was to WWE. I agree. He did do the Macho Man stuff. But he also did much of the Macho Man stuff when he was in Impact. Yeah. But the point being here, Jay Lethal is awesome jay lethal is in some of my favorite ring of honor matches like if you ever want to go watch jay lethal versus cody back when it was just heel cody go check that shit out yeah like four it years was, ago when cody was on his yes. run in ring of honor yes love For the I, ring I, of I've, honor I've, world title i saw that match it's awesome it is <sighs> jay lethal is the fucking man and i don't know how good the match on wednesday night was but jay lethal can still fucking kick it He's been kicking it in Ring of Honor this whole time. Uh, I fucking love Jay Lethal. Stoked about this. I will tell you, it was worth watching very much. Oh, we'll, boy. We'll get to it when we talk about Dynamite because we, yeah. we had a special appearance on Dynamite on Wednesday. Probably going to have another oh. one on Rampage tonight. We'll see. We'll talk oh, about man. it. Do I need to go like get up to date here? No, not that kind of special appearance. I'm talking about somebody that was in the crowd. Somebody that you and I both know personally. Oh, <laughs> somebody it. that's somebody that's not here right now. Uh, you tell everyone. We'll talk about it. I like giving hints. That's a little more than a hint. That was just clear laying it out. <laughs> I'm also Joe was at Dynamite. All right. Uh, I'm also kind of buzzed. So getting getting to the level of very drunk very quickly. Main event. AEW World Championship. Kenny Omega. Hangman Adam Page. Awesome intro video for the hangman. It was awesome. Uh, there's not much else to say about it. Like it was just at, at that point, it was it was over. Like didn't even need to have the match. We all picked hangman page to win. But once they had that intro video, I was like, oh, this is done. It's over. Yeah. Like they they would not be doing this if he was not winning here. This was just fucking amazing. I think, and, and this goes back to what we said earlier when you gave out the Meltzer star ratings. Of, I think you said five and a half for this one, right? Five and a half. I think the one thing that this was missing, and I don't think that it needed it at all, because obviously, like I said, five and a half stars. Fucking hell of a match beats so many other matches in the history of wrestling. It is in the top tier of wrestling matches of all time according to dave Meltzer, because it gets five well, and a half I sometimes stars. agree with sometimes i don't agree with yeah you know think what you will about him but he's the only guy that does fucking star ratings that are that really anyone gives a shit about let's just be honest the only thing that i think this was missing was kenny omega hitting the one-winged angel and adam page kicking out of it 
You, I feel, I feel like this match needed that moment. And I it was didn't waiting happen. for it. You convinced me it was going to happen. And you, it didn't happen. talk about it so much. AEW is just well, continuing they- to protect the move. And I, I don't, I don't hate that they didn't do it. I think it's more has to do with the fact that I was expecting it. Like, because I had been talking about it for so long that when it didn't happen, I was like, Oh man. But I was just so happy though, because hangman won. So it didn't really matter that much. I think they actually kind of flipped it on its head and showed you how powerful a move it is because you had hangman hitting it on Kenny in the match to help him. That's true. Hangman hit it on Kenny and Kenny kicked out crazy. We were yeah, all wrong. Kinda, we were all wrong. Took what we were expecting and kind of flipped it on us. And uh, I think that was almost as good of a a moment as you could have expected from the other. One. That's what that's what AEW did to you and I this entire night was they took what we thought was going to happen and just flipped it upside down and just told us to go fuck ourselves. And that's how I got last place. <laughs> tied, tied for last place. Tied. Not alone. Um, so. I just want to talk real quick about the standings of our predictions contest at this point in the night. So you're coming into the main event. Champion Alex is behind by two points and everyone has hangman page to win. However, Alex has is the only person left that has his surprise appearance left. So he needs his surprise appearance to show up in order to tie with everyone. And then champions advantage. He wins. Leslie, my wife was in the lead. And she was tied for the lead, but had the better tiebreaker out of her. And I think Dewey was the person she was tied with. Hangman Page wins. The it looks like the end of the night is here. And then you look at the you look at the sheet, and Alex's surprise appearance is Evil Uno. And just right at the end, the Dark Order comes out and celebrates with Hangman Page after the win. And immediately, Alex gets shot up to tied for first champions advantage. He retains the belt and is still the champion. Just a heartbreaking moment for Leslie when, because the three of us, Joe and uh, our buddy Dan Wayne, were all watching it here at my house. Just a very unfortunate event. Leslie was passed out on the floor, watch like just not even watching at that point. And then Evil Uno shows up, and just just such such an unfortunate event. She was she was quite upset when I woke her up to tell her that she didn't win. To throw a little bit of a curveball into this whole thing, did you see Evil Uno make an appearance during the video before the match? We did, and I told Alex that it didn't count. Even though he, he was running in the... It wasn't like an intro video. It was like... Or it wasn't like a recap video. I know you normally don't count recap videos. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't but know. it was an original video for that pay-per-view. It's almost like a backstage segment. Yeah, Joe and I were drunk, and we were just like, no, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I get to make whatever so, rules so. I want. And even though that I even though I get to make all the rules, he still ended he still ended up showing up. So it didn't really matter. Ooh, I would have been uh debating. If, yeah, if, if, he if that was you, I know if that was you, you would have been so pissed. Just saying, was not a recap video. Was definitely running through some fucking hallway or some shit. It was a prepackaged video. Okay, sure. So that means that any intro, backstage segments are prepackaged videos nine times out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Point made. I don't know, man. But uh, this match got four and a quarter beers, high up there. Not quite top 10. 
What did you get? I don't feel like counting. That's a lot of tallies. I didn't write okay. it out. All right. Assume you're right. And if you've been adding up, you might not have caught. Obviously, you have to count the Jay Lethal debut in the and, and that whole finish your beer into the beer ratings for the night. We have a new record. Blew it out of the fucking water, Chad. How many total? 33 and a half. Jesus fucking Christ. AEW continues to try and kill us. Luckily, I had work the next day, so I did not play the drinking game. Well, while I watched this. Shit, I just realized I said work. Uh, I'm at that place. That's a penalty. I'm at that place. I'll I'll drink right now for that. That was it's a flag. My bad, flag everyone. Play. Personal foul. Illegal mention of work. You said it. But yeah, 33 yeah, and a half. In the name of the foul. Three, 33 and a half beers. Just absolutely fucking insane. We have a new number one pay-per-view. Top match, inner circle versus American top team. A match that I'm going to forget six months from now yep. is the top match on our number one rated pay-per-view. <laughs> what, 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 how does that rank in the top 10 of matches? With 5.75, I'm pretty sure it's top five. I don't know. I don't have the Jesus. I don't have the rankings pulled up. A match where we're hitting people with fucking water skis and toasters. Toasters, yeah. The toaster match. Maybe, I mean that's that's what it's gonna be most memorable for memorable for is the toasters. The brave the brave <laughs> the brave little toaster. toaster. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. The brave little toaster goes to AEW. Oh it's the nice. third sequel. I love it. But yeah, that was uh that was AEW full gear. Awesome pay-per-view. A lot of people were tweeting about it afterwards, saying best pay-per-view ever. Uh, I respectfully disagree with their opinions and would say that All Out was better. They, they probably are leaning on the way that this full gear ended. We don't we didn't even really kind of talk about it, but there was the Bucks stuff in the main event. There was, Holy shit. Yeah, you know, we didn't even talk about that. We didn't even talk about the fact that the Bucks came out there like they were going to help Kenny and then kind of decided they didn't want to i don't know if it's a full turn or if it's like this the inklings of like a turn but like the apology from hangman beforehand gave them obviously some like qualms about who they should help and not help but well i'll tell you right now here i think i'll tell you right now on wednesday the the bucks and hangman were not together in fact the elite had a backstage segment together with kenny so the super click and kenny had a backstage segment just kind of talking about their losses. And the biggest takeaway from it was that Kenny kind of shrugged off Adam Cole. Kenny said something yeah, yeah. And, and, and Adam Cole was like, yeah, we got you. And Kenny's like, I was talking to the Bucks. No, I 100% know where this is going. And everyone on the internet has already said this is where this is going. Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega is happening. If you don't remember the old Bullet Club stuff, Kenny kicked Adam out last time. Yep. It was Kenny Omega that kicked Adam Cole out of the Bullet Club. I mean, granted, that was so that Adam Cole could leave and go to NXT. But That was also like the introduction of Marty Skrull to the Bullet Club as well. That was all on the same night. Yeah, like that was... Uh... That was just so they they kind of had to get Adam out of there. But I mean, the world of kayfabe. Let's keep playing kayfabe here. 
it's it's happening again, and I think it's going to happen the opposite. I think Adam's going to kick Kenny out. Adam's going to get the revenge for the first time, and then you're going to have Adam kind of take over as the leader of the super click and the elite thing. And I would not be surprised if you add a name in or two after that, potentially like Kevin Owens or something like that when he leaves. Oh, but my God, please. Point being, uh, back to what I was saying, though, the, the important part of this whole thing, that's what happened with the Bucks. Uh, but I think the reason why some people are taking full gear as like this amazing pay-per-view above all the other pay-per-views AEW has done recently is because the ending was finally the ending to a pay-per-view that they wanted. All Out had better matches and better moments throughout the night but the main event match didn't have the quality that this main event match did yeah but the post post match was just it's unforgettable unforgettable i I agree but that's all post match that's just debuts walkouts and leave you know this had the hangman title change that had you know a christian cage match versus kenny omega as great as it was and the debuts were great I agree with you. I think All Out was a better pay-per-view. I mean, it got me more invested the whole way through. I enjoyed it more. But I can understand both sides of the coin. Yeah. Because of the way people are seeing the ending to this pay-per-view as the Hangman and Page thing finally occurred. Yeah. Gets me... I mean, every every single one of these pay-per-views is incredible, so... I'm in no way complaining about anything that I saw. Like the the biggest uh, com- the, the biggest complaint I can even have is that the Danielson Miro match was underwhelming, but was still good. Those uh, the second and third match were underwhelming to me, and I did not like the the Minneapolis Street Fight very much. It was entertaining. But, you gotta have you gotta um, have one you gotta have one random entertaining match. On a pay per view, that's how you build a card. Tony Khan's a genius. UFC fighters hitting people with toasters is what people want to watch. Then that's all. In Fuck that yeah, I'm down for that all day or day. Let's go. Uh, I would say that while AEW is continuing to make good ones since the uh, the revelation or revolution failure that they had earlier this year, that was not an overly great pay per view, and then was like the worst ending of a pay per view I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just listening to the fans. Like they know that, yeah, this didn't work. Maybe let's uh, let's have the endings of our pay per views be like good. Yeah, <laughs> let's have them make sense. No, a few uh, fucking dollar store fireworks going off, or Eddie Kingston acting like he's dead. <laughs> I forgot all about the Kingston stuff. Oh, during they that. like ran out there to save him and then couldn't like undo the fucking. What was it like chain or handcuffs or something? I don't remember. Yeah. So he just dove on top of him like he was a grenade. (laughs) And then it was like fucking sparklers. Pew. Pew. Oh, fuck. Terrible. All right. Let's get into the weekly recap. Let's kind of speed through this. WWE attempted at a final build for Survivor Series. Obviously, we have tonight's SmackDown that still has to happen. And We'll see eventually what they do with that. But yeah, let's start with SmackDown from last week. Like really like the major stuff that they did, they they tried to they tried at a build, but the the te- after they announced the teams for Survivor Series on Twitter, like they 
it's just not working. There's nothing interesting about this pay-per-view. And they started with like having the, I think the women's team yep. in the ring. Plus Naomi. Yeah. And they like immediately could not coexist. <laughs> they had a six woman tag team match and then Aaliyah gets the win there. And then Sonya immediately takes Aaliyah off the team. More to come on that. Yeah. Who did they add? Yesterday, they added Tony Storm. Tony Storm was added in the place of Aaliyah. Did they announce that on Twitter? Yes, they did. <laughs> Classic. Classic yeah, so, WWE. So, yeah, telling now, us stuff about wrestling via Twitter. Love that. Uh, we had a, uh, a look at Von Wagner on SmackDown. What the fuck was that? Like, he just was there next to Adam Pierce while he was talking and then, like, moved on, and that was it? Well, and then on they NXT, even... and then on NXT, they had a Kyle O'Reilly Von Wagner segment, and they talked about it. And basically what they said was, like, Kyle was like, Kyle was like, saw that you were Adam Pierce's bodyguard on Friday night. Like, what's going on with that? And Wagner just kind of, like, shook it off and... They went and did their own thing. Oh, remember that tag team we just built with cool segments in the forest? Nah, fuck that shit. Faster than we fucked fucking hit row over. So just, stupid. Like we just built the storyline and then it's already over. So we can pull Von Wagner and his caveman fucking self. The fucking smackdown. Yeah, I don't get it. Um Sami Zayn complained a little bit about the team, and so either Pierce or Sonya, I don't remember, put together a match between Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn. Uh, loser would be off the team. Uh, Sami Zayn lost, as Sami Zayn does lately, and he is off the team. And I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now, and there is the, the team of SmackDown is now Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and then there's four people that could potentially be the fifth member so i guess they're having a uh, fatal four-way match tonight on smackdown hall ricochet cesaro and sheamus cesaro and sheamus uh i would predict sheamus i'm predicting ricochet because remember sheamus and cesaro maybe building something a little bit backstage i don't know if you caught the rich holland segment last week yeah that could be potentially a thing you might be right yeah it doesn't really change anything for me like my picks are locked in for survivor series and quite honestly i don't give a flying fuck about the pay-per-view which probably means i'm going to be the one that ends up winning because i have given zero thought in any of these predictions me neither haven't had time we'll see how it goes last time i just did it on the fly though i placed last place so i probably should have put on this beforehand but how how do you put thought into it beforehand when it's friday night and the how do you how how are set? we supposed to put thought into our predictions when wwe doesn't put thought into their own fucking pay-per-view it, it is clearly obvious though that the build for the pay-per-view is solely on two matches becky charlotte own, becky and charlotte and roman and biggie biggie and roman they're building the whole pay-per-view around these two matches now granted if they're good It'll be okay. It'll be worth it. But if either one of them fails, then you're going to have to have some major fucking quality come out of the fucking five-on-five matches to really enjoy it. And I think the 
lately they have been like in the past few years like the five and five matches have been good at the worst like at the worst sure they're fun to watch they always get a lot so. of they always get a lot of beers I know that tons of tags, tags, eliminations, entrances. I mean, yeah, exactly. The the build for the night, there's two builds that I mean, just to go along with those things that happened on SmackDown. One was Charlotte's promo um, talking about how Becky's a fake champion. She said nothing is natural. Nothing is natural about Becky Lynch is what Charlotte Flair had the audacity to say. Yeah. Mrs. Multiple time boob jobs is claiming someone else is not natural. I don't know if you've noticed over the years, but Charlotte got normal size, humongously huge, normal size, got big again. Now they're back down to like normal size again. And then one of them ruptured. There was a news article that one of them ruptured at one point, which is like life threatening. Yeah, there was that that point where one of them was life threatening, which is fucking insane. I don't get it. Put giant bags of silicone in your chest. I mean, in. in that sounds terrifying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'll never get it. And then they wrestle like it's mind blowing. Point being, that's what Charlotte was talking about with Becky, because probably she dyes her hair and puts on some weird clothes now. That's apparently not natural. Um, that build there. The weird part about that story was that Tony Storm made a weird entrance at the end and wanted to fight Charlotte. And Charlotte said no and walked off. And that was the end of that. Yeah, just sure. Just I don't half the shit they do. I don't really get it. Uh, Maybe they'll have a championship contenders match next week. Potentially. I would not be surprised. And then the main stuff that they were hovering around is the continuation of like the bloodline versus the New Day stuff. Uh, The main event of the night was Roman versus King Woods and Whichever one lost had to bend the knee to the other and bend the knee slash acknowledge the other, whatever. Um, King Woods technically won the match by DQ and then Roman actually fulfilled his part of the bargain where they said earlier in the night that if Roman did not fulfill any portion of the stipulation that he would forfeit the universal championship. So you're like, oh, well, no doubt or how this is finishing king woods actually ends up winning by dq roman gets on a knee in the middle of the ring while the usos just beat the shit out of king woods they take his crown he's laying on the floor and while roman is on a knee then they 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 crown him this obviously plays into what comes down on monday night which we'll talk about when we get to monday night raw but let's just do it now let's just get into on rampage that happened that's worth it rampage happened before full gear i don't remember a single thing that happened on rampage there was the bobby fish and jungle boy match oh that was good though it was good bobby fish is the fucking man that was the one good thing from rampage okay moving on so the point being uh (laughs) they built the stuff with uh xavier woods on friday and then the usos made a surprise appearance on monday uh which eventually at one point led to the usos uh one of them, I can't, I think it was Jay in the ring and Biggie just beating the shit out of him and then uh, saying he he heard the message, message received loud and clear, and then gave a big ending to one of the Usos in the ring. 
Yeah, it, like I we mean, said weeks ago, this is how this is how they're going to sell. That's how they're going to build. They're going to build it separately, and then here it is. It's Xavier Woods and Biggie. Yeah, it's it's like we said, one of the two matches that they give a shit about for this pay per view. So it it has to live up to the hype, or else this pay per view is going to fall flat on its ass, and it's going to be fucking terrible if it doesn't. Survivor Series last year was pretty low, so it'd have to be pretty bad to be worse than that. Yeah, I mean, we're talking the Thunderdome time, so not much the can get not much can get worse than that. Uh, more stuff on Raw. Kevin Owens is just full on heel now. Talks about how uh, he's going to break bad on everybody. So I'm excited to see where that goes with Owens' last month or two here in the company. If he, uh, if kinda, unless unless he doesn't leave. Kind of upset it came at the expense of uh, Finn Balor, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, had a match of the year candidate between Bianca Belair and Tamina. <laughs> that was sarcasm. It was. Got it. Uh, Becky Lynch had a promo. Liv Morgan interrupted her. And she held up the title at the end. So, cursed. This this is just another... I mean, this and like the Tony Storm moment and like some of the other stuff that's going on on both shows right now, it almost seems like we care more about the after Survivor Series build than we care about the Survivor Series. Exactly. Like, if we're sitting here talking about talking shit between Charlotte and Becky, but both of them get interrupted by people that aren't that aren't the title holder... Then look, at why- the, like, look at the matches that were on Raw this week. Like, most of them were to build towards feuds that would follow Survivor Series versus anything that's happening in Survivor Series. Like some of the matches were singles matches between people on the same fucking five on five team. Well, that Owens and Balor. Up... Owens and Balor. Oh, yeah. I mean, they also did the same thing on Friday Night SmackDown where they had the three on three women's match. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, why? Why do we? Why would we want to care about this pay-per-view? I will I'm gonna say watch the, it. I'm gonna watch it, but why do I want like make me care about it? Do something to make me care about it. Well, I guess do more than one thing to make me care about it. I very much care about Roman versus Big E. I think Becky Charlotte will be equally as good because there is real heat there. Yeah. If they don't show real heat in that match, then that also is just gonna be a huge disappointment. Becky's selling it in independent interviews. So she did an interview for a podcast or something this week. Did you see that video? The one where she talked about Ric Flair and then also. She... No, was, this one I, was, I saw a quote from, her. I saw a this quote about like Ric they Flair asked her, and a quote about AEW. No, the, I didn't see that one. There was a video clip that I watched of her this week uh, doing a, a video podcast where she was asked by the person if she used to be best friends with Charlotte in real life. And and she was like, yeah, we used to be close. And she, and the guy was like, so you're not now. And she was like, things have changed. And so acknowledges the fact that even in real life, that Charlotte has become someone that no one wants to work with. And then they referenced the title belt change thing. And Becky just immediately got frustrated in the, the video and was like kind of mad still about it and said, that's not how it was supposed to go. And then uh, even went as far as saying basically like 
Charlotte has become somebody that's not willing to listen to the backstage guys. And it has basically wow. cost her all of those friendships in WWE. And it was about as real of an interview as you can get. I hope they play off that. I'm sold. I think I'm most excited for that match now. I don't know. Big E versus fucking Roman is going to be fucking good. Yeah. I'm equally excited for both matches there. Yeah. Um, let's get an NXT. Uh, so disclaimer, Chad been at that place a lot this week and that place has forced him to do lots of things this week that he didn't want to do. Uh, some of them that he did want to do, I'm not going to get into the details. Uh, he didn't watch NXT or dynamite this week. So I'm just going to go over some highlights here. Um, Odyssey Jones won a match. Well, had a six man mm. tag match. So I was excited about that. There was more of the poker stuff between Grimes and uh, was the Odyssey Jones match the match versus Diamond Mind with Jacket Time? It was, yeah. Oh, Jacket, so Jacket, Jacket Time's Time. winning matches. Yes, they are. I'm glad Jacket Time is winning. You know, that's the worst tag team name I've ever heard. Yep. Uh, we had more of the the poker stuff with Duke Hudson and Cameron Grimes. Really dumb. Uh, Cameron, Cameron Grimes bluffed and uh, made Duke Hudson fold, and then Duke Hudson got really upset and then beat him up and then cut his hair. Cameron Grimes has no hair? Not all of it. Like He, he did it. So the Jeff Jarrett match that we had a few weeks ago. with at the he like cut it short? He cut some of his hairs. Oh, and his beard. He cut his beard. It's weird. He cut it with scissors. Dude, well, this is about to be fucking weird as shit when we see Cameron Grimes next week. I don't know what he's going to look like. I'm assuming he's going he's, he's gonna to clean himself up. I don't know. Uh, Champa had a promo. Braun Breaker interrupts. I don't know if you saw this clip. Champa fucking roasted his ass. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember the old Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner. I don't remember which one, but the like the math promo from WCW where like they they said like so much percent of this percent chance of winning gives me a this many percent chance of winning but it added up to like a ridiculous number that you don't know what i'm talking about do you i, I do know what you're talking about i'm pretty I sure just, it was scott who who said all that stupid shit yeah he said a bunch of stupid shit that didn't add up and champ champa turns to Braun breaker and he's like you you have less than a 33 and a third percent chance of ever beating me <laughs> <laughs> just making a reference to that just roasting the shit. I'm like, I don't remember the actual specifics of the numbers with the Scott Steiner promo. I just remember that this is making fun of that, and it was hilarious. I've also seen memes referencing that Scott Steiner promo before. So. Yeah. Um, Which prompted me to watch it. So. Yeah, and then the, the main event, I don't even fucking remember who was in it. It ended in a DQ. Dexter Loomis? Nope, it was women's. Uh, but uh, War- Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez? Yes. Uh War Games is official for the women. They're going to be a Dakota it's Kai versus da- Raquel Gonzalez team. Dakota and Toxic Attraction versus Raquel, EO, Cora Jade. And the fourth member is not confirmed, but Zoe Stark was out there on crutches. So I don't know if Zoe Stark's going to be the fourth member. I heard that was a serious injury. Like she's so, fucked up right now. Okay. 
she did look pretty fucked up on her crutches. So it yeah. makes sense. <laughs> so who said she is out for a long time. So my question for you is who could the fourth member of the face team be? All right. So you said Raquel, Cora Jade and Io Shirai. Io Shirai. Yes. <sighs> a face female. A face female. Face female. Kaylee Ray. I could see that she had the stare or, down with Mandy last week. I, I put money on Kaylee Ray. Ray. Yeah, I put I put money on Kaylee Ray. She had the stare down with Mandy Rose last week. That would make sense. I like that. Kaylee Ray. That'd be a that's gonna be a good fucking match. Now I'm excited. I yeah. fucking love war games. That is gonna be so good. It was like, dude, it was it was good because it was the first time ever that William Regal did not say war games. I don't know who did. Take a guess. Wade Barrett. No. It was one of the people in the match. Raquel? Dakota? Io, Sh- Io Shirai. Oh, no. Walk games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It worked, though. I liked it. Oh, um, no, I'm excited. All right. Dynamite. So, obviously, I already talked about it. Joe was at Dynamite on Wednesday. He told me that they also taped Rampage that night. He said that the um, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish versus I want to say Jurassic Express match. He said that one was a very good match for Rampage. But with Dynamite, it was National Cowboy Shit Day. Hangman opened the show, cutting his promo. He's out there with a dark order. And Danielson shows up and congratulates him and danielson immediately just starts being a heel uh, i don't like that what why He's, to make the dynamic work i don't know i don't i'd rather it not work than aw has proved anything it's that it can do heel versus heel and face versus face dynamics Something that a WWE struggles to do, AEW's proven that with a good storyline they can sell it. They didn't need a sell here. I mean, some of his reasoning was good, and Danielson even re- mentioned WrestleMania in his promo. Like he basically said, like he basically called Hangman a phony champ by like because he challenged him to a match on Wednesday and was like oh you're not ready right and he's like I, after i won a championship after i won the main event of wrestlemania i wrestled the very next night like danielson basically just continuing to go with like i will be ready at all times i am here to wrestle and do nothing but wrestle and he's going at the sort of logic that hangman is not that at least that's not what he sees in him so now Danielson is on this take down the dark order spree and something that I did not know. So Danielson had a match with evil Uno this week in I want to say his hometown of Minneapolis. And the thing that Alex told me this week was, and this is after they announced Danielson's match for next week. So next week dynamite will be in Chicago hometown of Colt Cabana. Apparently, the next five places that Dynamite is going is all hometowns of Dark Order members. And Danielson will be having matches with each Dark Order member in their hometown, each place they go, probably taking them down one by one by one by one. 
until we finally get our Danielson and Hangman match. So it's just, it's actually going to, it seems like it's going to actually build into a solid feud instead of just like, hey, I won this tournament. It's my turn to face you. I don't know if I like this at all. I mean, maybe you just have to watch it. I'm really bad at explaining things. It's not that it doesn't sound like it was entertaining. I'm just not sure the long-term goal of playing Brian Danielson as a heel. I, I just don't know if I like it. It seems like it's very short-sighted. Yeah, could be. You have an uber face in Brian Danielson. Uber face. Could be some short-sighting here and a company that tends to go with the long-term. Yeah. So I'm not really sure. I, I'm, it could, this could just be the after-effects of the whole Moxley thing. Maybe they like maybe the intentions were always Moxley, but after that, like they didn't want Miro to win, so they went with Danielson and went a different direction with it. Like Moxley would have been the heel already, and Moxley would have gone against the Dark Order and beat them all. And yeah, they just got to figure. I mean, that makes that sounds like it could make some sense. Yeah, and now it's Danielson. But Danielson, yeah, well, I guess like we'll Dan- see where Daniel- it goes. Danielson can do well as a heel. It's just. I wouldn't even call most of his heel time a heel when he's good as a heel. He's almost just tweening it. Like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Where I mean, he's, he's just a fucking it. guy. He's just so fucking good at wrestling. That it's hard to boo him. You know, I mean, no one's going to boo. They don't boo heels in AEW. They, they boo people. They don't like So even if it's a heel and they like him, they, they cheer Kenny just like they cheer fucking, I don't know. Hayes face team, you know, AEW fans are great because they want professional wrestling. So face or heel dynamic does not mean shit to cheering or booing. Right. Well, we'll see where that goes. Um, Nyla Rose beats Hikaru Shida advances in the TBS tournament. I'm almost M- thinking about that. MJ- MJF comes out to cut a promo about his. He had an awesome backstage promo that I highly recommend watching. Uh, before he came out, just talking about his match with Darby. Um, and he's now talking about how no one's on his level and that he should be that he's MJF's finally talking about becoming AEW world champion. So there's that. I do think that MJF will be the one that defeats Hangman Page eventually for that Whoa. title. Yeah. You think the first pillar that's going to get a world champion is MJF? Why would uh, Sammy Guevara is already a champion? No, I mean, like, world champion. The, the TNT is not a world championship. You think, it would be what Dar- you think it would be Darby or Jungle Boy or Sammy? I think it would be Darby. No way. I don't think MJF. Are they really ready to put it on a non-established star? What? I'm sorry. What about MJF is not established? Chris Jericho. Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley. Kenny Omega. And... Angman and Adam Page were previously established stars prior to AEW. Yes. MJF was a bumfuck nobody prior to AEW. Sort of. No, he was nobody. That fucking guy hadn't wrestled for a major promotion at all. Not even a good indie promotion had worked on MJF. That is true. Okay. Yeah. So you're telling me the first non-established star saying he's now a star, previously it doesn't, non-established, doesn't in matter. AEW, that's going to sure. win the world title. 
is going to be MJF. Sure. Who the fuck? Like, what? I mean, yes. I would. Why be wouldn't shocked. it be? He is the out of the four pillars. He is the top guy. I'd be shocked, especially this early. Out maybe of those, not, out of out of those four, he is definitely the first one that's winning the world championship. I think. I think, I think all. I think all four early. of them will win AEW world champions or will be world champions eventually. I would not be shocked. It just the whole dynamic has been this whole time and continues to be. AEW uses established stars to build young talent. Here's your young I'd talent. Be shocked if we went. It seems quick. They've been doing this for two, almost three years now. They still not winning the ratings battles. So, that's my worry. If you go straight off of somebody that's established, is it going to maintain? We're still selling the the ones that beat SmackDown are the ones where you tell me I have Brian Danielson and Kenny fucking Omega. It's not the ones where the main event is Evil Uno. You know. My point being, the when that when they are succeeding, it's because they're still using the established stars as the people in the matches that matter. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Hangman versus MJF does not sell to an established person who watched wrestling six years ago. That's true, but eventually it has to evolve. It doesn't. Yeah, I think you're right. It doesn't have to be this early, but maybe Hangman runs the gauntlet for a little bit. I'm not saying this is going to happen anytime soon. Like I think they're going to continue to have long reigns with the AEW World Championship, like they have with every other reign. But I just 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 it was just a prediction. That MJF is going to be the one that beats Hangman. That's all. That's all bold it was ever move, meant Cotton, to be. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, it's bold. Um, didn't even get to the whole end of this segment. He came back out to. He came out to the ring, started cutting a promo, saying that nobody's on his level, and he gets cut off by CM Punk. Yep, saw that coming. Feed me these promos. So there was no there was no promo afterwards. CM Punk came down, MJF introduced himself and attempted to shake hands with CM Punk. CM Punk laughed him off and just walked right back to the just walked right away. And I I will pay endless amounts of money for just just to watch these promos. It is going to be so That's fucking right. good. Yeah. They're, they're probably going to be better than the match. Oh yeah. I mean, I that MJF match this past like on full gear was CM Punk matches though pretty been. good yeah but when CM Punk is invested in a feud and when we are invested in a CM Punk feud the Punk Kingston match was good it was good not great I guess it is the best thing we've seen from CM Punk yet so I agree we are on the uptick of maybe getting see old CM Punk back so I, sh- I should reserve my opinion on this one for future reference just give it some time. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold this one out. I I just don't think CM Punk's given me anything but the Kingston match to really be excited about, other than yeah. like the big return. Um, and then the main event, Sammy Guevara and Jay Lethal. It was awesome. Uh fucking bet it is. I'm just gonna let you I, I dude, I, I it's been so long since I've seen a, a a Jay Lethal match that I forgot how cool of a move the lethal injection is. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I mean, Sammy won. Pretty obvious. Obviously. I don't obviously. think he actually hit the lethal injection, but he went for it a couple times. 
I completely forgot how cool it was. Just, just cool. I would expect that uh, Jay Lethal is not a full-time competitor based on where he was at with Ring of Honor. I know they said he's all elite and the Thickham picture came out. I, I wouldn't expect Jay Lethal to be a full-timer. Oh, yeah, not at all. Um, he wasn't even full-time in it for Ring of Honor. Yeah, I would just like to be the first to report here. Um, who did you say was going to win that fatal four-way match to get added to the team? Ricochet. Okay, because Sheamus won. Oh, good one. Just like I said. Which is actually funny because... Uh, it's time to talk about Survivor Series. It's time to talk about Survivor Series. So let's get into our predictions for this Sunday's Survivor Series pay-per-view. Really looking forward to this one. Let's start with the women's five-on-five Survivor Series match. So Raw versus SmackDown, we have Team Raw, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina versus Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and Tony Storm. Chad, who do you have and why? Oh, not a fucking clue uh, whatsoever. That's, I didn't prepare for this adequately enough. This is a flip of the fucking coin. I don't know. There's so there's, there's four flips of a coin, I think, on this fucking card. Oh, yeah, 100%. Then the two matches that we knew were the ones we cared about are the two that I think are easy to predict. Exactly. The other four, not a fucking clue. Um, okay, let's go through this. World champions on Raw are Bianca, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Carmella. Carmella. And Liv Morgan's on that team, who's the number one contender on Raw. And Queen Zelina is the Queen's crown winner. Okay. And SmackDown has Sasha. Sasha Banks. And Shayna Baszler was an NXT. And Natalia was a women's champion. But that was so long ago. Who fucking knows? I forgot about that. Yep. But multiple times. They're just really long. Tony Storm, NXT UK women's champion. Yep. I'm going to go with Raw on this one because I feel like there is less. I think they have to give some of those women on Raw the opportunity to not get eliminated. Yeah, I also went with Raw here. Uh, I have a I had a strategy, though, when I made these predictions that I will reveal later. And it's probably going to come six matches, right? So you got to go three and three. I was going to save my strategy, but yeah. It, I, it's I, obvious I, as fuck, dude. I predict a three-three <laughs> tie between Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> I predict a three-three tie between Raw and SmackDown, and this was the last match I predicted. So uh, I had three for SmackDown and two for Raw. So this had to be Raw. That's basically well, now, I know your, now. I know all your picks. Okay, um, men's match: Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory. We didn't even talk about how Austin Theory got added in this fucking match. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Versus Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus. So who am I picking? I don't know. You tell me who you're picking on this one. Let me think about it. I picked SmackDown. Uh, Really, it was... I made my decision on the other four matches, and then I was like, I have to pick Team Raw. I have to pick one Raw and one SmackDown for the men's and women's. I, I just don't know. Like, 
I felt like this team SmackDown just like they have the I just feel like they have the sole survivors on their team in Drew McIntyre and King Woods, which is tough to say because the other team has Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and Kevin Owens. I just I I, I just I, I definitely see it. Kevin Owens getting like disqualified. I definitely see someone pinning Finn Balor. It's but Seth Rollins that makes it hard for me. At the same time, it's like Seth and Kevin and Finn are so intertwined right now. I guess Finn, not so much with Seth, but like Kevin is, it's so intertwined with the two of them that I could see him just costing his entire team the match. It's an interesting perspective to think about. It's, it's, it's putting it in a very small percentage of like potential outcomes to rely on. But I do agree that I struggle about as equally with, Seth Rollins as I do with Drew McIntyre and I think you make a really good point that King Woods right now is the wild card that I think SmackDown's going to use because Jeff Hardy's not the one King Woods, I think this is one of th- King Woods beat Roman Reigns last week via de- disqualification, disqualification. He, okay. he still fucking beat him yeah so I think there's a Jeff Hardy and a happy Corbin there to get pinned and put SmackDown at a disadvantage and then Raw starts like acting like they've got it and then they implode and Drew McIntyre is your sole survivor. Maybe a Drew McIntyre and Xavier Woods, but I'm calling SmackDown. I agree with you on this one. Damn. Okay. Uh, champion. So now we get into our champions versus champions match. Uh, we'll start with tag teams. RK bro versus the Usos. Who do you have and why? The Usos. Yeah, it's got to be the Usos. It has to be the Usos, and they have to pin Riddle. It can't yeah. be a pinfall on Orton. It's, also, it's gonna be also these Jimmy two teams pinning Orton. These two teams were at Monday Night Raw on Monday, and they Orton they went after they went at it for a little bit, and Orton got the last mm-hmm. like RK Bro had the last stand. Orton hitting the RKO on one of the Usos. It's got to be the Usos. Yeah, it's got to be the Usos. I they're they're with they're with Roman Reigns. The bloodline doesn't lose. They're the ones. They are the ones. Did you see? I I just saw a picture of this, but did you see on maybe it was NXT this week, maybe NXT last week, Solo Sakai or whatever their brother's name is, walked in the locker room with a one above his head. No. It wasn't on TV, but it was picture. Someone in the crowd took a picture of it. And when he went off camera. He walked to the locker room with the number one above his head. The same way that the bloodline does it. Fuck yeah. Call him up. I don't give a shit anymore. I mean, that's how they're going to have to fill the roster if they keep cutting everybody. That's true. So the next match uh, was a, is also a champions versus champions match. You have the U.S. champion Damian Priest versus the intercontinental champion Shinsuke Nakamura with everyone's favorite Rick Boogs in his corner. Who do you have and why? Damien Priest. Because it's obvious. It's just, fucking right. It's, it's it's just it's like for the major champions, like it's one SmackDown, one Raw. For the five and fives, it's one SmackDown, one Raw. For the other two, it's one SmackDown, one Raw. I'm either gonna get two out of six right, or I'm gonna get six out of six right. I mean, there's a chance you could go four of six right and maybe switch the five on five matches or something like that. Yeah, I guess that's the those are the ones I'm the most scared about. 
And I think like, I don't know. It's just, I'm scared because I'm scared of the fact that we both picked the same thing, which makes me think that we're both going to lose those matches. And which means that like somebody's going to come out of this pay-per-view getting all six of these, right? I don't know. I don't think that uh, everyone in our pool uh, understands how Survivor that smart? Series work. And yeah. is going to see no offense, six matches it. and go three on three has to be the way we do it. You yeah, know, so like, I, yeah, I think some people are going to be like, uh, Seth Rollins, that's the one. And then uh, also Bianca, that's the one. And then who knows? I mean, it could be Shinsuke and uh, the Usos that win and just have both raw five on five teams win. Never know. But I doubt it. Yeah, I don't see uh, Damian Priest taking an L here at all. I don't either. I think he he needs to win more than Shinsuke does. So, I mean, there's already reports that like Shinsuke is literally just in and out the career, and that he's not willing to go anywhere else. He, he's okay being a mid card guy on WWE until he's done. So, that's the case. Uh, building a young Damian Priest is definitely what they need to do here. Did you just say a young Damian Priest? He's young in WWE. I know he's not young because I watched him in Ring of Honor for years before he went to WWE. I was going to say he's like 40, but yeah, but <laughs> he's okay. I'll call him a fresh Damian Priest. Okay. I'll take that. Uh, and then, I mean, let's just go easiest two matches of the night Lynch and Flair, Biggie and Roman. Uh, that would Lynch be Becky Lynch and, and Roman. Biggie. <laughs> what? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Joke. Roman Reigns. Yeah. Easy day. So, so we have all of the same picks. Yeah. And then <laughs> the uh, prop bets don't look so fucking easy at all. I already have. I mean, I have my prop bets written down. You want to start with blood? If there's blood, Chad, who's going to bleed? Tell me. I have no fucking clue. Uh, I haven't watched the weekly shows. No one bled recently. Uh, nobody. I'm gonna be really upset if you pick the same things as me. I, I, there's like a 99% chance you're not gonna have the same appearance prop as me, but I'm taking Shinsuke Nakamura bleeds to bleed. Yeah, okay. I have Roman Reigns to bleed. I just think that's gonna be a hard hitting match that's just two big, meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> there's gonna be meat. Uh, there's gonna be meat that meets other meat, and it's gonna bleed. I think that Shinsuke is gonna get beat up by Damian Priest based on this like Damian Priest Archangel storyline thing. And when he throws him into like a stairs or into a ring pole or something, it might cut open because that's what he's been doing all the time recently. He's just like kicking someone's ass around the ring. I could see In that a happening. Fit of fury. Yeah. That's why I picked it. Yeah, I could see that happening. All right. Um, who not on the card will make an appearance? You go first because uh, I just went first on this. What? Yeah, I, I think I know first. who I want to pick, though. You're not going to pick who I pick, but I'm picking this person because they said that they should have been in the five on five women's match and even hinted at showing up this weekend at Survivor Series. So I'm just going to go. I, I went a little off the wall with this one because the, if I say something that other people don't say and the other people's appearance props don't show up, then better chance for me to win. I'm going with Dewdrop to show up. It's fucking bad. 
Well, I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. I just I don't even like thinking about. I think there's going to be lots of interference in this five on five women's match. Yeah, I almost went with a similar concept. I really thought about picking Naomi for a similar concept. I think she might uh, show up and maybe attack uh, Shayna Baszler. Um, But instead, I'm going to go Sami Zayn. I think a backstage segment or something is going to happen where he's going to like request to be added back to the card or say that he should have been there the whole time or something's going to happen and Sami Zayn's going to at least like show his face. I could see that. So I'm going to pick Sami Zayn. Okay. And then uh, time the pay per view will end. Uh, it's only six matches. Yeah. The normal start time, eight. Yeah. 11 11. Are you fucking kidding me? I picked 11 10. 11 11. <laughs> That's my proof, also. Where is I, it? I didn't. I don't have any proof because I didn't fucking pick anything. <laughs> I'm picking this up on the fly. Damn. That's a pretty slim margin for me. Aha, if it goes over 11 10, I'm, I'm winning. If, I mean, if we're tied, yeah. Mm. Son of a bitch. We both picked off the wall fucking candidates for our prop bets, and uh, we have a one minute time difference in our <laughs> things, and our picks are all the same. So, who what knows? could go wrong for either of us? Uh, probably just uh, getting zero out of six predictions correct. That's Dewey or Leslie happen. winning. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. Bree's going to become a two time champ before me or you ever get the belt back. But back? I've never had it. <laughs> oh, this belt you've never had. Yeah. Yeah. I've had the I've I did have before we started the show. I'm probably still have the most reigns as champion, but you also had a smaller group of people picking. Now we used to have a bunch of people that picked, but yeah, it was I don't know. Things were easier back then. I saw the board a lot better back then, and now I'm just an old man that doesn't know what the fuck. Well, it's impossible to pick what is life matches, so most of the time, yeah. And who knows what the fuck crazy Vince is fucking thinking. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to close us out for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to have the results of the Survivor Series predictions contest along with the beer ratings. Uh, it's probably not going to set a record uh, <laughs> that specifically the record that AEW just broke that it set its own. It, it, AEW just keeps breaking its own records. The WWE record right now is 19 and a half. I still don't see Survivor Series this this year coming even anywhere close to that, but we will see. It's only got six matches. Who knows? The build is bad. I have no idea. Uh, and then we'll obviously be covering the fallout from Survivor Series next week. And uh, probably a little Thanksgiving talk. We got Thanksgiving next week. Probably be recording a little late. Maybe be putting the episode out. A little bit later than normal. It's the holidays. Sue me. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. And we have been the drunk dudes, Dylan and Chad, not Joe. And we'll catch you on down the road.